downstairs and invite you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. I'll begin reading in verse 1. Deuteronomy 8. and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord sware to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you in all the way these forty years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep His commandments or not. So He humbled you, allowed you to hunger, fed you with manna which you did not know nor did your fathers know, that He might make you to know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your feet swell these forty years. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord God chastens you. Therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God, to walk in His ways and to fear Him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and figs and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing. A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which He has given you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping His commandments, His judgments, and His statutes which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full... And have built beautiful homes and dwell in them. And when your herds and your flocks multiply, and your silver and your gold are multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up, and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there was no water, who brought forth water for you out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna which your fathers did not know, that He might humble you and that He might test you to do you good in the end. Then you say in your heart, My power and the might of My hand have gained Me this wealth. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, We ask today that you would truly jog our minds and memories to the things of you. And that we truly would have changes in our lives as a result of being exposed to truth that would not just last for a few moments or a few days, but Lord, that would make a difference for eternity. 
So we come to you and acknowledge none of that can happen apart from a working of your spirit. And we appeal to you now only in Jesus' name. Amen. Human nature is an interesting study. Human beings are fascinating. Um, There are things that we as human beings do that um, makes other people scratch their heads. And human nature in and of itself is very unique. But no matter where you go geographically or no matter... When in history you drop in, you'll find human nature is basically the same. That across the board, despite cultural differences and um, language differences, um, human nature has these basic tendency, and one of them is that we easily and readily forget what is important. We live for the moment and we take things for granted. Um, The older I'm getting, the easier it is for me to forget. I, I like the story of the three elderly widows who lived together and one of the sisters one evening got up to go to bed and Halfway up the stairs, she stopped and said, um, was I going up the stairs or was I coming down? And the younger of the three said, kind of with aggravation, said, you were going upstairs going to bed. And so she headed on up to bed. A little bit later, the second sister headed into the kitchen to make herself a sandwich and Once in the kitchen, she um, hollered back to the sister in the living room, What did I come in here for? And again, the one that was a little younger, kind of with irritation, said, You went in there to make a sandwich. After which she said, I am so glad I am not as forgetful as the both of you are knock on wood. Then she got up and went to the door and said, who's there? (laughs) Many of us can relate to that, right? But there is a common problem that doesn't just come with age. There is a common problem that God warned Israel about over and over again that we forget the important things. And in particular, that we forget God. The passage that we read, he warned them ahead of time. He said, um, I am going to bless you. I'm going to remind you of what I have done. But he said, be very, very careful that you don't forget who I am. That you don't forget my ways. So he established with Israel. They had certain feast days that were to remind them of the deliverance that God gave. He gave them certain religious ceremonies that they were to to practice. And among that was the Passover to remind them of the deliverance that, that God brought to them. 
He also set up, um, had them set up various monuments uh, with Joshua in Joshua chapter 4 that asked a representative of each of the 12 tribes to, to grab a rock and, and they built a monument to remind them of God's parting the waters so they could cross and so on. And he gave them personal practices that they were to follow to help remind them about God. So it's clearly evident, human nature, um, we tend to forget God, we tend to live for the moment, and we tend to take things for granted. And um, today, I want to remind us of some things that we need to be very, very careful to remember. First of all, we are remembering today in our land, those tomorrow technically, um, those that gave their lives for our freedom. But in the spiritual realm, in the, in the realm of followers of Christ, we need to first of all remember the price that was paid. Someone died, so I don't have to. And it wasn't just someone. You know, it, in, in remembering Memorial Day in regard to our nation, um, it's hard to put, unless you've been immediately touched by it, it's hard to put a face on these that, that died for our nation. But when it comes to being a follower of Christ, it's not hard to put a face on it. Jesus Christ paid the ultimate sacrifice in giving His life. He came as the perfect, innocent Lamb. And there was no other way that the penalty for our sin could be paid except that the lamb must be slain and the blood applied. Without death, His death, we would not have life. And the sanctity of life makes His death even more valuable. And the fact that it is God in the flesh makes it even more valuable. We sometimes sing the song, Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. Meaning a stain that there is nothing could remove it except His blood. And, and it is imperative for us to, to understand. I, I fear, and, and, and I know this is a reality that yeah, we become so familiar with, yeah, Jesus died on the cross. Yeah, He rose again. This was the death bearing our sin. And if any of us were to see even a portrayal on video of His death, it would sicken us, let alone to see it in real life. And this is what He did so we can sing... Um, the songs that we sing, I have a friend in Jesus, He's everything to me, so that we can sing, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine, so we can sing, How Great Thou Art, so we can 
have a relationship with God and sing about the blessed hope that we have. But it, it required the death of Jesus Christ. Someone died so I don't have to. He loved others more than himself. He loved the Father more than himself. But it is important for us to go back and remember the price that has been paid for the liberty we have. Secondly, it's important to remember the change that has been brought. God wanted the children of Israel to remember their deliverance. It was an... A lengthy deliverance, the ten plagues that eventually um, culminated with the Passover and they were set free. And God said, typical human nature, when it's happening, we will say, I'll never forget this. But how rapidly we forget. And God warned them, beware, you're going to get out here now. You're going to have plenty. You will forget. And God instituted various practices to help them remember this. He wanted them to remember the change from bondage to freedom. The Apostle Paul really understood this. You can't read his epistles without him reliving his salvation, without him explaining it, without him um, identifying the change that has been brought in his life, without him um, saying, this is what I once was, but this is what I now am. And he never forgot his changed life. We're very familiar with the verse that God used him to record Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Never forget this. As a believer, we were once in utter darkness. But now we are in light. Never forget this. I stood guilty with nothing to plead but my own guilt. I had no excuses. I had nothing to hide under. I was guilty of the wrath and judgment of God. But now I am pardoned. The guilt is gone. Remember, we were undeserving I mean, there was nothing we could plead. God, deal with me according to my works. No, there was nothing we could plead. We were undeserving of the least of His favors. But now, we are favored of God and His mercies are poured upon us in His grace. We were dead in our trespasses and sin. But now, we are quickened together by His Spirit. We are alive in Jesus Christ. We can relate to Him because we are alive. I was a child of Satan. I was living in rebellion. But I have been adopted 
I am no longer a child of Satan. I am a child of the King. I am a child of God. We sing the song, I once was blind, groping in the darkness, just a blind man in a dark room searching for what he does not know. I once was blind, but now I see. I was an enemy of God, but now I am a friend of God. And never forget this. Don't look with the uh, disregard and disrespect at others that are now spiritually dead and say, look at that disrespectable, sorry excuse for a human being. That's where we were. And it's only the grace of God. And we need to bring to them the message that this same grace can make you from a child of Satan to a child of God from condemned and guilty to pardoned and innocent. Never forget where you came from. Remember the change that He's brought. There should be a radical change in our life. And we need to remember that. A radical change in our desires, in our temperaments. A radical change from pride to humility. A radical change... From living for self to living for others. We don't have time to go into it, but you look in Joshua chapter 4 where he had them raise up these memorials and God said, why did I do this? He said that all the people may know the hand of the Lord is mighty and that they might fear the Lord God. Why did God bring this change in your life? That people may know that the hand of God is mighty and that they might know that the Lord, He is God. I can't imagine the pain and rebuke it is for our soldiers who fought in Iraq. I didn't have time to talk to Adam about this, but to see... Cities that they fought and conquered now being turned back over to ISIS. I can't imagine what it it is. I'm sure Adam had friends that died in those battles. And now to see it's just turned back over to them. I mean, the betrayal, the... What was it? What was the purpose of it for? But I wonder how God's heart must feel when He paid the price and He brought change in our life and we go back living as though nothing had happened. Turn back over to the enemy. We don't show the power of God by turning things back over to our old ways. 
It's remembering. Beware lest you forget the price that was paid. Beware that you forget the change that God brings. Beware that you forget the Spirit of God that was given to you when you became a child of His. Jesus said to the disciples, It is advantageous for you that I go away. He's standing there talking to them. And they said, wait a minute. He said, because if I don't go, the Spirit will not come. And when the Spirit of come, God comes, He will empower you. He will instruct you. He will comfort you. His name is Comforter. His name is Helper, the Paraclete, the one who comes alongside and helps. He is the one who puts our house in order. And yet, we go on and try to live the Christian life in our own power. Beware lest you forget the Spirit of God. Beware lest you ignore the Spirit of God as He pinpoints areas in your life. Beware lest you, in sincerity and truth, try to live the Christian life in your own power. There is no way you can love as God loves without the Spirit of God. There's no way you can serve others without the Spirit of God's empowerment. There's no way you can do any of it to the glory of God without the Spirit of God's empowerment. But it's amazing how we can make it look good enough to pass as Christianity without the power of God, without the Spirit of God. Beware lest you forget the Word of God. And it sounds so trite to say that. Oh yeah, we know the Word of God. Do you understand this is God-breathed? It's not up for debate. It's not up for discussion. It's not, well, I think this means this, and you think this means it. This is God's Word. It's God's mind. Holy men of God. 2 Peter chapter 1. This did not come through... um, We say it's inspired of God. And the word inspired um, has taken on different terms in our day today. I feel real inspired to, to write a letter or something. No, that isn't what it is. Inspired means it was God breathed. It was God moving on these men. And he said in Second Peter chapter 1, we know that no prophecy of Scripture is given by any private interpretation. It wasn't Peter was walking along and said, oh, I, I, I think I feel like writing something profound today. It wasn't Peter's idea. It was breathed of God. It was God moved upon him. And, and all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And you understand it's profitable for doctrine to teach us what is right and what is wrong. It is profitable for doctrine. It is profitable for reproof to show us, no, that is not right. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. It doesn't just say, No, that is not right. It says, now this is how you correct it. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. This is truth. That is not right. 
this is how you correct it, and this is how you continue to walk in the right way. Let me ask you, I'm not asking, do you believe the Bible? I'm not asking, do you like the Bible? I'm asking, what part did the Word of God play in your life this week? We read in Deuteronomy, when he told the children of Israel, he said, you're going to understand that man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I didn't ask, what books did you read about the Bible, although there's nothing wrong with them. What's wrong with that is when you read those more than you read this. This is truth. This is the only book in the world that you can go to unequivocally and believe every word that's written in it. There's no other book on the face of the earth that you can unequivocally go to and say, I know everything in this is true because this is the only book given by God. And one of the identifying marks that should be of our life is that we are voracious students of the Word of God. He said, beware, when things are going well, you forget God. Beware, when, when it seems like everything's in order, that you forget God's Word. It's one thing that He delivered us. It's another thing that He's willing to speak to us. And He wants to have fellowship with us. And He, he wants to talk to us. And if we go to the Word of God every day... We'll be reminded over and over again of the price that He paid, of the change that He's brought, and of the Spirit that He's given. When's the last time you just went before the Lord and said, God, thank You for paying the price for my sin. Thank You for the change You are bringing in my life. Thank You for Your Spirit that I know is working in my life. And thank You for Your Word that I can study it, I can meditate on it, I can memorize it, I can let it cleanse my life and give me strength and power. Beware lest you forget God. story is told... A true story is told of a man who did not forget. It was gratitude that prompted the old man to visit an old broken down pier on the eastern seacoast of Florida. Every Friday night until his death in 1973, he, re- he would return to the pier walking slowly, slightly stooped with a large bucket of shrimp. The seagulls would flock to this old man and he would feed them from his bucket. Why was he doing this? Many years before, in October 1942, Captain Eddie Rickenbacker was on a mission in a B-17 to deliver an important message to General Douglas MacArthur in New Guinea. But there was an unexpected detour which would hurl Captain Eddie into the most harrowing adventure of his life. Somewhere over the South Pacific, the Flying Fortress became lost 
beyond the radio. Fuel ran dangerously low, so the men had to ditch their plane in the ocean. For nearly a month, Captain Eddie and his companions would fight the water, the weather, and the scorching sun. They spent many sleepless nights recoiling as giant sharks rammed into their rafts. The largest raft they had was nine feet by five feet. The biggest shark was ten feet long. But of all their enemies at sea, one proved most formidable, and that was starvation. Eight days out, their rations were long gone and destroyed by the salt water. It would take a miracle to sustain them. In Captain Eddie's own words, Cherry, who was the B-17 pilot, Captain William Cherry, Eddie says, read the service that afternoon, and we finished with a prayer for deliverance and a hymn of praise. Can you imagine that? They realized the importance of the Word of God. They read Scripture, had prayer, and of all places to sing a hymn of praise. It wasn't because their circumstances were good that caused their praise. He said there was some talk, but it tapered off in the oppressive heat. With my hat pulled down over my eyes to keep out some of the glare, I dozed off. Captain Rickenbacker says, Something landed on my head. I knew it was a seagull. I didn't know how I knew, I just knew. Everyone else knew too. No one said a word, but peering out from under my hat brim, without moving my head, I could see the expression on their faces. They were staring at that goal, and that goal meant food, if I could catch it. And the rest, as they say, is history. Captain Eddie caught the gull. Its flesh was eaten. Its intestines were used for bait to catch fish. The survivors were sustained and their hopes renewed because a lone seagull, uncharacteristically hundreds of miles from land, offered itself as a sacrifice. You know that Captain Eddie made it. And now you know that he never forgot. Because every Friday evening, about sunset, on a lonely stretch along an eastern Florida seacoast, you could see an old man with white hair, bushy eyebrows, slightly bent over, carrying a bucket filled with shrimp to feed the gulls. To remember the one which on a day long past gave itself without a struggle, like manna in the wilderness. We were given much more than a seagull. We were given the Son of God. But do we remember it? Do we value it? Do we express the gratitude for it? You may be here today and 
And you may say, you know, I, I don't remember a change. I don't know the power of God's Spirit in my life. Today you can come to know the power of God in your life when you receive the price that He paid for your sin. You're here today as a Christian. Let me ask you, is it just a matter of habit to read, open the Bible, read it, check off your daily reading, put it down? Or is it your life source? Are you a bent over old man that every day is coming to the Word of God because you don't forget that the Son of God was given for you. Heavenly Father, I pray today that our hearts would be caused to not forget. To not forget the price you paid. To not forget the change you have brought in our lives and are bringing not forget the power of Your Spirit at work in our lives and to not neglect or take for granted the eternal Word that You have preserved down through the ages that we are able to read and learn of You. Lord, I pray if there is one here today who has never come to see Your payment applied to their sin. And they're still under the guilt of sin. They're still under the, the blindness of sin and the burden of sin. Lord, I pray today that they would come to receive the gift of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray for every believer here today. May we be filled with a greater love and appreciation. And may we never forget. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stay.